Hello, I'm Shona and I wanted to talk to you today about the importance of talking about mental health. This is something that I was never very good at talking about, but now I'm a Time to Talk champion for Time to Change and I now realise the importance of talking about any form of mental health. So up until around 2012, 2013, I don't think I experienced any issues with mental health. I went through university and my 20s being quite successful. I did a law and psychology degree at university, went through my 20s, throwing myself into my career as a lawyer and I was successful. I had an undiagnosed heart condition um, in my 20s that I obviously didn't know about at that time and I was on quite strong medication which controlled it. Um, So I actually did quite long hours because I didn't think I could have children at that time. So I came to grips with that and to be honest at the time, being quite young, I didn't really want children anyway. At the end of my 20s, my first marriage came to an end and um, a couple of years later, I met my now daughter's dad and we were together for about five years. In my early 30s, I then had my heart condition diagnosed. Um, I had a hole in my heart and literally within weeks, I was in hospital having my hole in my heart repaired and that was a really successful operation and then within about nine months of having that I fell pregnant which was a miracle really and by that time being 32 nearly 33 I was ready and I was ecstatic to have my now 11 year old daughter but that was when my priorities around my career changed and I didn't want to be that mum who was never at the school gates picking up her daughter or dropping her off at school. So when she got to school age, I decided that I wanted to do flexible working and made a request to do 28 hours a week. And that was approved by the company that I worked for. Unfortunately, I had a line manager whose views around women working were very different to the rest of the company's. And as an employment law lawyer, well, predominantly employment law anyway, if you have a day off during the week, then you really need to have a buddy who is going to be able to pick up some of your work when you're not in, especially if you can't take your work home with you and and do anything out um, out of the office. So I would have a Wednesday off and I would come in on a Thursday to find that none of my work had been done from basically the Tuesday until the Thursday and the work was was just there in mountains and I would literally have nearly every single one of my files out mounted up on the floor next to me plus about 80 emails waiting to be actioned and expected to take on more work. So whereas I was supposed to have finished work at four o'clock on a Thursday I wouldn't leave the office until around 11 o'clock some nights. Same again on a Friday and then I'd have to come in over the weekend just to catch up on work. And as time went on, as the months passed, this went on and on and I stopped 
getting to see my daughter. My relationship with my new husband had started to have pressure and cracks in it because I was exhausted. And I stopped caring for myself because I just didn't have time. I'd even go a whole week some weeks without even washing my hair because I just didn't have time. Um, good old dry shampoo was fantastic. I, I mean, I still had a shower, but when you get in from work at 11 o'clock at night, the last thing you want to do is wash your hair because you don't want to wake up the, the baby or the child um, and you're up again at half five, six to go back into the office. I stopped having lunch breaks because I thought, no, I need to catch up on my work. I'm not going to get it all done. Um, I stopped eating properly because I didn't want to have a full meal when I got in from work really late at night. So I was just snacking. And I've always loved exercise, but the most exercise I was getting was literally climbing up the stairs at work. So my weight was going up and down, up and down. And... I'd also stopped going out with my friends because come a weekend, I'd get messages saying, oh, are you coming out on Saturday night? And there's only so many times you can make up the excuse that you've got a headache. So after a while, my friends would stop messaging me. So I lost a lot of friends. Um, but that didn't do me any good because when you're working yourself to the bone and you don't even realise yourself that you're burnt out, because you're just miserable, you're exhausted. It's a rippling effect across everything, all aspects of your life. Then you start making mistakes as well. And, and that's what happened. I made a mistake. I sent an email to the wrong person. And then I had disciplinary action taken against me. And I remember being told by my line manager that we're not humans, we're robots. You cannot make mistakes. And that's when the panic attack started. And the first time I had a panic attack, I had no idea what was happening to me. I'd never had one before. And I literally felt like a freak. Um, you know, I couldn't breathe. Uh, my heart rate had gone up. I became all sweaty. I had to hide myself away. I couldn't tell anyone. I remember not even being able to tell my husband because I thought, what What on earth is he going to say? He's just Everyone's just going to laugh at me. So I, I would just carry on and then the panic attacks got worse. They started off being about once a week and then over a period of a few weeks they became daily. And this got so bad that it, it ended up in me literally collapsing and being blue lighted to hospital and the whole of my left hand side of my body just, just became completely paralysed and my hand clawed in on me and... It was just awful. I had the worst pain in my chest, but a heart attack and a stroke were ruled out. So nobody knew what, what it was, but it was put down to extreme stress after a while. But I still didn't talk. I still couldn't tell anyone because I was quite proud. But it was quite clear that I couldn't carry on like this. You know, I was going to lose my job. Nobody where I worked understood. So I had a couple of really good friends and I spoke to them about it. And that's when I realised that I wasn't the only person in the world who'd ever had a panic attack. Um, it seemed that when I started talking about it, lots of people have had panic attacks. 
And now when I talk to people about mental health, people nod their heads and it's like they understand. And just under a year ago, I bought a dog when I started my own business and I take her out for a walk a few times a day and I bump into the most amazing people and when she goes off and plays with other dogs and I start talking to their owners and we get talking it's amazing the conversations you have and how much people open up to you and when you know I don't disclose everything about my my life my journey what I've been through but I think when people see that you're a personable and empathetic, etc., or when you tell them what it is that you do for a living, people just open up and, you know, they trust you. And then, you know, I mirror them as well. So if, if somebody opens up a bit about themselves, then I'll open up a bit about me. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll t- tend to gauge about how much to reveal. And, and I think people get that back from you as well. And, you know, it's true, a, a problem... A problem shared is a problem halved. So all I will say is don't bottle things up because otherwise you just hold it. That tension will keep on building and it's not healthy to keep it in. And the importance of time to talk, time to change is about getting people talking um, and realising that you're not on your own, that people do care. Not everyone does, not everyone is going to get it. But the majority of people do. And the stats speak for themselves. One in four people will suffer from mental health at some point in their life or in any given year. And actually, if more and more people opened up and talked about it, those stats would probably be even more. I'm in a much better place now for talking about mental health. And for me, the stigma needs to end as well. Mental health shouldn't be treated any differently to having a cough or a cold or a broken leg. You should be just as comfortable talking about having a mental health issue as you would about anything else. And as soon as the UK and the wider world becomes open to that, the more people will become comfortable about talking about it. So get talking. Thanks for listening.